Valentine's Day to you and everybody out there who might be practicing that or Single Awareness Day. Single Awareness Day. What kind of masturbation is that? It's very sad. Oh, really? Masturbation is sad? You masturbate wrong. No, I meant Single <laughs> Awareness crying. Day is SAD. It's sad. Oh, single awareness day. Sad. Well, all the sad people, please jerk off. Please jerk off. Please jerk off. I think we should do a whole episode on masturbation, but just not today. (laughs) That would be too sad. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with it, really. I mean, it's just not how I would start Valentine's Day. All right. Well, you have a partner. so Yeah. Well. So this is our love episode. What? Oh, wait a second here. What? what? I might just cut in early. What were you about to say? Uh, this is the day where people celebrate romance and the the human connection. Wait a minute here. What were you about to say? That's what I was about to say. Really? Okay. I was actually about to complain about the fact that it like it's been less than five minutes and we're already talking about sad things and <laughs> masturbation and, 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 and if you, you've got a partner and it's like, I'm like, yeah, you just never know where this shit's going to go. No. And we talked in our production meeting this week, which was two days late, about this idea of, of a no holds barred podcast. Like, if we're really going to do this, we need to go all in and have as much fun or be as serious as we need to in order for it to really be honest, truthful, transparent, authentic, you know, fired up reality. Having my baby. What a lovely way of saying how much you love me. (laughs) Having my pony. So for those of you who aren't watching the video, Greg just put up a little tiny baby, plastic baby, and I put up my little plastic toy um, pony that's pink. Yeah, My girlfriend gave um, me when we first started dating together. She's like, Mark, you remind me of a unicorn. Well, I am a unicorn. <laughs> um, At least from the waist down. Isn't tomorrow Fat Tuesday? Uh, it could be. I didn't really notice. Is it? Is it? Is well, because that's what the baby's from the uh, king cake, and yeah, it could I think- be. I'd, yeah, that would be about right. Lent starting in mid February. That's about right. Yeah. What a crazy February. It's like 80 degrees. Is it 80 already? I don't know. It's pretty, it's getting up there. Yeah. It was 80 yesterday. It was only 75 here, but um, 
Yeah, it stays pretty cool in my office, which is where I spend a lot of my time. But I did get in the pool yesterday, which isn't heated, by the way. Ooh, so, very good. I'm impressed. Yeah. Nice. I got, oh, dude. How long did you stay in? Um, less than two minutes. Did you go all the way under? Yeah, really super cold. Like, it was so cold, my balls hurt. <laughs> Blue balls. I don't know. I didn't For real. <laughs> Damn. You yeah. look down and there was nothing there and it all run inside body. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I'm going blind. <laughs> but it felt really good. Like about 15, 20 minutes after that, when my circulation had, you know, recalibrated, I had this really great feeling that um, I can only describe as um, non-toxic or um, alkaline. It felt really alkaline. Super cool. Nice. Yeah, so um, Valentine's Day leading into Fat Tuesday is kind of an interesting thing because when uh, if it really is Fat Tuesday though, we should. I'm going to look that. You're going to look that Google up. Well, I'm going to tell these guys a little bit about you know the origins of Valentine's Day. Of course, it's every February 14th, um, and some people believe that it's about this this guy Saint Valentine. Um, one of the things that was true is that the the Romans had a festival called Lupercalia, which was from the 13th to the 15th of February. And it was interesting. It's March 1st, just for the record. Fat it's March, Tuesday 1st. Is March 1st. So great. Yeah. We've got a little time between holidays. Um, so anyway, Lupercalia, which was celebrated by the Romans, was a pretty unchristian holiday. It was a festival that was, you know, well, here, I'll just read about it. <laughs> it was conducted annually from 13th to the 15th, and there, there was headed up by these priests called Luperci, or Luperci. I don't know how they pronounce little it. Little perky priests running around with the boys. And it, it, the uh, festival name is an unlikely derivation of lupus from Latin for wolf. And it's been very least suggested that it's uh, connected with an ancient deity who protected herds from wolves with the legendary she-wolf who nursed Romulus and Remus as a fertility rite. So it's associated with the god Faunus. And each Lupercalia began with a sacrifice of goats and a dog. After which the Luperci, the, the priest that held it over, would were led to an altar and their foreheads were touched with a bloody knife. And as the blood was wiped off with wool dipped in milk. Now, the ritual required that the two young men laugh at that point. And then a big sacrificial feast followed for two days. Right. And at at the beginning of the feast, the Luperci, these priests cut thongs from the skins of the sacrificed animals and ran around the town, striking the thongs on any woman who came near them. So women would line up to get whipped by these bloody thongs. And it was rumored that a blow from the thong was supposed to rem re render a woman fertile. But then in, from the 4, 000, in 400, and, go, go ahead. A blow from the dawn. Right. A in pregnancy on. The 494 CE, the Christian church under Galatius I decided that participation in the festival was against Christian faith. And so they tried to co-opt it and turned it into Valentine's Day. Saint Valentine's Day. Yeah. 
And there's not a lot of documentation. There were at least three saints for whom the day may be named, each with the name Valentine, and each bizarrely to believe to have been martyred on February 14th. One, a priest in Rome, was actually also, and another, a bishop in Terni, Italy, and a third believed to have lived in Africa. Huh. Um, what according about Saint to some Valentine's Day massacre. Well, I think that's a gangster thing, which we'll get to. But apparently, Claudius II created a law in Rome prohibiting young men from marrying and getting engaged, as it was believed that unmarried men made better soldiers. So it's said that a Roman priest named Valentine continued to perform marriage ceremonies secretly, and this eventually led to his death. But first, he was put in prison. And right. while in prison, right. he fell in love with the daughter of a jailer. <laughs> and before he was sent to death, Valentine's Day, he allegedly letter. sent a letter to her to put into words his love for her, which he signed from your Valentine. And this is the origin of the first Valentine's Day card. All right. All right. So now that we've covered that, the, the Internet oh, history. Christ. It's that not his fault. Tedious. Don't blame him. That was tedious. That was painful. That reminded me of high school. Wow. Well, pardon Sorry. me for trying to stay on topic and provide a service to our listeners. All three of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're better off for knowing that. Uh, I'm sensing some cynicism about uh, Valentine's Day for you, Greg. You seem very acerbic, more acerbic than usual. Well, you know, I got to say that my research brought up the darkness in me. <laughs> Tell me more about that. I want to know your darkness. And I'm sure that our <laughs> listeners want to know it well, as well. Well, I don't have any darkness to share. It's all oh, you, mine. <laughs> see, so you brought it up, but you, it's hidden still. That sounds like darkness. I, like, I, you know. What is love? That's like, I'm really thinking, what is love? I always come back to that famous Corinthians verse from the Bible. That, to me, just nails what love is on point. No argument. Case closed. Move on. Can you share that? What is that particular sure. chapter and verse? So it's Corinthians first chapter. No, Corinthians 1, chapter 13. So here we go. Love is patient and kind, not jealous, not boastful, not proud, rude or selfish, not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not gloat over other people's sins, but takes its delight in the truth. Love always bears up, always trusts, always hopes, always endures. Love never ends. Awesome. I think love. So this concept of falling in and out in love isn't really love. Who are we to say? We are the world. We are the children. <laughs> well, we are so are you saying you've not, you haven't experienced the, um, the, period of pre-love where you didn't experience love and then being in a relationship where you experienced love and then not experiencing love after the relationship ended? Um, yeah, I think I've had 
imagined states of emotional change. Like here, like here's an example. Liz, when I was first with Liz, way, way back in the old days when cars used to have cranks that you started them with, um, I was ready to break up with her. And I was just like, this isn't working. And I remember at dinner, we're sitting there and I'm thinking like, I'm going to break up with her. And she broke up with me and my heart broke. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, what? Ah!" I was totally crushed. So that to me is an individual me and a lesson about ego and love. And I do believe that ultimately love is for everyone. It's individualized and it doesn't end. It doesn't start. It's on and on and on. So So you're saying if there was a moment where you weren't in love with Liz and then you were in love with Liz. No, but that I think is that ego relationship of like, oh, this is the relationship that's going to transform me. This is my soulmate. This is my one and only and I'm a different person with this person. And that, I think, is from the ego. It's not real love. Hmm. All right. And then you said this thing, which I keep um, focusing on, which is that there's no in and out of love. And what resonated for me about that was that, um, one, I wanted to argue with you about it. That, that felt fun. And then number two, um I noticed from my own experience that there's this period where I don't know a person. I get to know them and I have a love experience with them. And then the form of which the relationship had been up to that point changes into something else. Typically, we would call that breaking up. And for me, I still feel love for them. So in one sense, there's this period where there's, I don't feel love for them. Then once I love them, then that never ends. Like whatever form the relationship's in, in terms of time together, time apart, et cetera, I I don't not love them anymore. I think ultimately on our journey, we're, we're working towards loving everyone all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, and then there's like several different forms of love, right? There's like family love. There's, you know, the brotherly, sisterly love. There's romantic love. And perhaps more love of referring to actions between people and the love is the same. But no, that's what I'm saying. There's sex. Love is a catch all for several different kinds of experiences. There's eros, which is sexual love. There's, you know, there's, there's four types that I'm aware of. And they're each, they have a quality or feeling nature to them that are different. Like I love you, but not in an erotic way. Right. You're yeah. like my brother. I hope so. <laughs> I fuck my brother. <laughs> Really? Um, <laughs> Would you like to bring him on to discuss that? <laughs> this accountability thing's going a little far. <laughs> nice. 
Yes. You shared a Course in Miracles thing. I mean, that's as you're probably far enough along. You're on like lesson 221 or something like that. Uh, 229, I think, today. Okay. So you've gotten to the point in the book where it talks about the ego relationship and how that's one of the ego's greatest creations to fool us is this ego relationship. And what the Course of Miracles says is you want to know if you have a real relationship or not is if there's something that you are saying is only with this person, not with everyone. Like really love is everyone. So in essence, yeah, that sexual act is really an act of the ego according to Course of Miracles. I understand it. I don't, it's an act I don't, I'm don't agree that that's what it's saying. That to me, right. that's not a true statement, according to me. Okay. <laughs> so, so my attributing uh, of the, of what the framework you're creating, I, there's a piece of, that I believe in, and and it's a recent reading, so it's sort of my fresh in my adult brain. The idea that um, we're not separate, and love being universal, love essentially being what we really are means that there's no separation. Therefore, there's only love. Therefore, any aspect of love is available to all at all times or, or it's ego. It's a concept that the ego is created. Right. Right. And so there's the thinking that the mind of God that is, that is gifted to me. And there's the ego, which constantly to try and survive keeps creating separation in order for it to survive because it's, that's what its mission is, is to try right. and separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So in terms of that, I just, I just love my ego. Ah. Ooh, love to love you, baby. Ooh. Who that's knew there I were jokes you could make out of course in miracles. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it is a joke. One big, long, 365-day joke. Um, You know, when I think about it, a a lot of Roman history, the way it's portrayed to us, Roman sexual history, is that there there was a lot less, you know, boundaries around which potential gender partner you were with. Like, being bisexual seemed like a very casual thing in Rome, is my understanding of it. And that it's it's only through... Greece. Wasn't that Greece? Yeah, maybe it it is. Yeah, Greek. Greece and Rome, probably, you know, so this idea and a lot of what we're seeing in youth is more sexual fluidity, right? So maybe there is something to that. Um, And preferences and aversions tend to come not just from the abstract, but from context, like we teach each other to hate, we teach each other bigotry, we teach each other not to do things unless they're Proved by the collective, right? Hey, but here's another thing. I have heard in academia that if you study the downfall of world powers, one of the things that happened sort of at their peak and as they were beginning to fall apart was uh, sexual promiscuous freedom and um, 
gender boundaries disappearing, things like that being more. I think, I think that's um, bias. I think that's on uh, un- bias because the lens of Western civilization is just so skewed by Puritanism and this sort of sexual thing that that t- sounds like the researchers projecting that as if the sexuality had a, is a causal element of the downfall of the society, because there's all kinds of indigenous societies that have totally different ways of being in terms of family units and sex and all that. And there's no downfall of their society as a result of those things. I think it really comes down to the way that we contextualize right and wrong and the way we place shame on people accordingly. And so, yeah. And you brought up a good point about projection, like all studies of the past are projections, which in course is like illusions. Not mine. (laughs) Mine's ejaculation, not projection. (laughs) Um, I think the Course in Miracles calls it expansion. Oh, right. Because as we actually are able to drop the ego and, and, and dissipate the influences of the idea of separation, then the miracle can be part of our, of how we show up in the world. And, and then therefore, we stretch the 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 word miracle beyond the Wasn't limitations. Yeah, the course of miracles. A miracle is a healing device. <laughs> so once an individual or you know, once we're healed, there is no longer need for a miracle. Well, I see it differently <laughs> because we again, once we. That's individualized. That's the ego. That's the ego. So if, if we're all, you know, sons of God or, you know, people of God, healing is occurring. And so my ability to feel the, the separation drop away isn't complete until everyone's sense of the separation drops away. Yeah. So it's non-linear. Like if if I reach a level of let's call, you know, a level of enlightenment stage one doofus level enlightenment, which I kind of feel like I am today, um, (laughs) then I'm getting there. But I still have a long a long way to go myself. And until I've managed to help everyone else get there, it's it's not the miracle yet. I love it. How long have you been studying? 25 years. Where are you at now? I'm at doofus level enlightenment. (laughs) What comes after doofus? (laughs) Well, there's a reason the fool archetype is one of the wise archetypes. Yeah. Because it's what we think we know that often gets in our way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, love in a sense is a willingness to look foolish. Well, here's the thing. Like it says, um, You know, love always trusts, always hopes, always endures. Now, here's what I thought was interesting, because I looked at a lot of um, translations. All of them pretty much, well, all not easily angered. So it doesn't say you never get angry, just not easily angered. But you don't hold it against an individual. So just, again, thinking of 
couples, you know, sexual relationships, intimate relationships, and how arguments are, you know, my own experience of my marriage, arguments and anger just kept eroding and eroding and eroding the relationship until there wasn't a relationship. And I think that these, if I could speak for myself, ideas I had about what should be in a relationship, I was holding on to. And if they weren't met, I was upset about it. And it was a mistake. So... So the word I in that sentence is that's the ego I, right? Because your higher self of love right. would have been right, absolutely. Right. more willing to like realize that, okay, love is patience. Love is not getting angry or getting fearful of lack right. or any of that. Right. Exactly. Always hopeful. <clears throat> so, you know, um, being in a marriage and losing hope is part of the ego, like you're saying. And I could say that I do love Liz. And so what's interesting is if I hang anything on that, like, well, what's that mean? What's that look like? I start moving away from it. I really just have to let that statement be real, be out there. And not hang anything on it. And if someone said, well, define that, I'd go back to this Corinthians one, you know, and say, that's what it is. Yeah. What, the picture that comes to my mind are the pictures of the, um, the, the Hispanic cultures with those um, Milagro hearts. Right. And, and there's a, definitely a Christian influence there, but you know, it's the flame above the heart and the heart is, you know, opened up and sometimes it has barbed wire around it. Sometimes it's cracked open. And, you know, so there's so what's the know. what's the Hindu um, deity that he he ripped his heart open for um, Shiva and, you know, the monkey deity and his they show him with his chest ripped open and the heart. You know well, they're Shakti about? and Shiva, but I don't know the monkey story. Oh, dang it. It's a good one. Um. <clears throat> so this is great because I'm learning something and I'm really excited about learning something new. And the, somehow the idea that a monkey's heart is how we all. Hanuman. 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 Yeah. So. Um... Read it for us, brother. Oh, hold on here. Um, let me see if I can find a good, it's a great story. It's been a long time since, um, let's see here, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. There's so much going on here. Um, Hanuman combines two of the most cherished traits in the Hindu Bhakti Shakti worship traditions, heroic, strong, assertive excellence, and loving emotional devotion to personal God. So let's see if we can find a quick blah, blah, blah. So birth, blah, blah, blah. And uh, forget it. There, It's huge. 
Hanuman. Hanuman. Yeah, so Hanuman. huge. Greg didn't really want to read it to us because it was just overwhelming for his poor little heart. Yeah, it was for my small little wee brain. Going back just a little bit, there was a spark there for you, which was that somehow this Hindu deity represents something of an awakening for the masculine and the feminine qualities in human nature, right? No, there's a sacrifice in there. Like he, he, I'm going to fucking butcher this story but as i recall it like he rips open his heart his chest for them and it was it's like something came of it that helped them out and um yeah so anyone who's really uh so the romans are killing lambs and you know dogs and the hindus Hindus are ripping monkey chests open this whole love thing has a whole violent undercurrent to it that reminds yes. Well, now we can move to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> what a segue. That was perfect. So St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Do you know anything of that? The, my recollection is pretty weak. It basically, as I understand it, and I'm sh- hopefully you will correct m- whatever trope I'm incorrect at, which is there was a horrific gang war amongst the, the New York um gangster families and that someone or maybe no it was chicago and someone went in and just really took it to them and murdered a bunch of the of the gangsters that they were in opposition to and that that was the great valentine's day massacre the saint valentine's day massacre was the murder of seven members and associates of the chicago's north side gang that occurred on saint valentine's day 1929 the men right. were gathered at a Lincoln Park garage on the morning of February 14th, 1929. And uh, drinking, smoking cigars and hanging out with their their gangster malls before they had to go home with flowers and candy for their wives. Yeah, so there were only seven. And they never made it home. They were murdered instead. The victims included five members of George Bugs Moran's Northside gang. Huh. Right. Peter Gusenberg, Frank Gusenberg, Albert Kalev. Who cares? A bunch of Bergs. Yeah. So looks like Valentine's Day is, of course, with men involved, is full of passion and violence and the, the eruption of intensity, right? Like these... <laughs> The Romans are slaughtering lambs and dogs and then taking their skins and whipping ladies with them. And they're getting drunk and running around naked. Right. And, you know, poor old Valentine, the saint, gets thrown in the jail. And his last thing he does before he dies is he writes this sweet note because he really wants the woman to know how he really feels about her, even though he's going to his death. And then, you know, fast forward. You know, go backwards in time and the Hindus, you know, there's a monkey who sacrifices his whole chest cavity in order to teach Shiva and Shakti what the dynamics of masculine feminine energies are. And then jump forward in time. I feel like Ted, like uh, Bill and Ted right now, like jumping around. But anyway, so then there's this thing of the, the Valentine's Day massacre. And now, like we bring it to present day. And that whole story about the card has been turned into this multi-billion dollar industry of, fl- you know, flowers, candy, and cards. Candles. Candles. And lube. 
Well, and it's like, what do you get a man for Valentine's Day? And what do you get a woman? Like, there's this lip, like, it's really obvious candy and flowers and for I'm the girl. Good. And what does the guy want? Sex. Right. S-E-X. You do me and we're good. Um, right. Happy. And it's like, can you possibly imagine more pressure on women? Like there's a day of the year where they're supposed to want to have sex with their partners. And and what they oh, get. Well, there's for, more than one. <laughs> well, well we're, this is the one we're focused on right now. Okay. <laughs> Blow me, baby. Right. Having my baby. So what if. Men had a like a little longer list than just sex. What would be on that list? Like be, you and I both, I'll just admit it. I would really love it if later today, since people are hearing this Monday, that that was what was happening for me. Yep. There was I sex. I love it too. Um, yep. And, I'd love it that, and then for you too. when I break beyond that expectation and the par- that paradigm, that box in my thinking of uh, the only way to experience love and intimacy is through my, my genitals. What do I, what else do I really want? I want to feel. I can answer that for myself. Yeah. I'd like to hear Nothing. your answer after me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's go back to that first Corinthians. What does it <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Expand your list. No, no, no. You said it. I now now give it up. All right. Nothing. End of story. I'm not going to settle for second best. So somehow you see anything other than sexual gratification as second best as an expression of love on Valentine's Day. Okay. I hear that. I want to honor your integrity and your um, transparency (laughs) about that. And I, I'm going to say mine now, and I really want to make it clear that I'm not shaming yours. Right? Okay. <laughs> I don't feel shamed at all. Some of us Fuck me. who don't get laid, what else is there? Like, what, what's the next level of, the risk of what the miracle of Valentine's Day could be? Right. To me, it's a feeling of connection, of, of mutual interest and curiosity, Sounds like sex. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> that would be. I was going to say intimacy, couch, right? And emotional intimacy. Netflix. Say that again, please. And that would be cuddling on the couch and watching Netflix with a cup of hot chocolate and three marshmallows and a rose and stacks. Quietly pining away for the moment when it'll feel safe to put your arm around her. <laughs> Get to say now I feel like I'm in the meatloaf um, song, you know, um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light with it. And he's rounded first. He's got second base. He's on second base. See, and this is the thing about m- the modern male view of this activity is that if we only had a little bit broader imagination, what amazing things might we experience beyond the scope of this view? Like the lens of this is so narrow and yet when it's all over, when the sex is over, there's this feeling of connection. That's part of why men want it. Right. It's like, Hopefully, you know, of course, hopefully. falling asleep is a big part of that. Right. And so what we want to do is fall asleep in the arms of someone who cares about us. Why? So they don't murder us while we're asleep. 
<laughs> cut off our pee-pee. <laughs> no, it's more than that. Like, that's the unspoken part of this is that men actually really want to be affirmed. They want to feel loved. They want they to feel want safe. To firm acknowledged. With a vagina. Yeah. Okay. I can see that we're just going to keep going around and around on this. Personally, my flavor of engulfment is more than one dimensional. <laughs> okay. It might, it, you might even call it holy. <laughs> Holes are involved. That is true. See, I set you up for that one. Mm-hmm. So I just want everyone to know that I do actually hold these lofty romantic levels of desire for myself. Like it's not like I'm not trying to embody some mystical new age bullshit. Like this is really, I have found that what Matt, the part of what matters to me is how she looks me in the eye and the emotion that I feel when that's happening. And she's looking up at you. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> but, and also that, that sensation of, um, you know, belonging, connection, you know, um, and I think one of the things that makes it so cherishable for me is that it's, it's, I know how impermanent it can be. Like I lived through the promise of a 21 year marriage falling apart and and the idea that I thought that was going to be forever. And then when that happened and it broke up, it destroyed my, my sense of, of that real, that being real. (laughs) And so now in intimate relating, I just realized what an incredibly precious thing it is like how long a, a rose lives, like a rose buds, it blooms and then it dies and everything in life has this cycle to it. So we deciding we're going to really live into the moment with some depth and some conviction and, and actually cultivate feelings of romantic love for each other isn't a bad thing. And, and of course, because capitalism, we're all doing that. People are going to figure out how to sell us stuff and how, how to, you know, get us to have material expressions of that. And for those of you out there, men who are like really flowers and candy and, and she says she's happy with that. She likes that. Like that's a gesture. And sure. A lot of people like that. But what if you clean, you blow her and you find out she has a penis. What if you clean Happy Valentine's day? Honey, I'm going to clean the bathroom. Like the first thing you do on Valentine's Day is you get up and you clean the bathroom. Like, what do you think her reaction is going to be? She's going to be pissed that like, look, it took you this long to figure it out. Wimpy jerk, man. I'm going to go find a real man. Drop you like a hot cake. I see. I see. You think the idea of cleaning the bathroom is wimpy, huh? I think anything involved with cleaning is wimpy. Wow. Do you know who David Data is? Are you are you no. familiar with the book, The Way of the Superior Man? No. Yeah, so the role you're describing is what the, what David Data refers to as first stage masculine. <laughs> yeah, that's cuz David's a pussy. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting derogatory term because when you think about it, a pussy is one of the most strong, flexible, you know, amazingly um, resilient things there are in the world. Like you can put a baby through it and it'll go back to its shape 
and you know it can hold like eight pounds of human squirming in there for nine months and not like let it go like and you know have you do you know who um oh god her name's escaping me right now but there's a woman who teaches kegel strength any sprinkles well, Annie Sprinkles used to show her cervix as part of her performance. Yeah, that's something I don't need it. to see. <laughs> well, you never did. <laughs> but uh, this is a good time for a story. My dad and my uncle used to work for a very famous um, group of men who ran uh, theaters, sex theaters, back before video was available in the home. A couple brothers? of guys called the Mitchell Brothers. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, they managed a couple theaters. One managed the the film theater, and another managed the um the the performance space or whatever they would call it. Right, and right. I was prepubescent at that time, so um, I wasn't quite aware of what they were doing. But um, <clears throat> I did hear stories of the strength of a woman's uh, abdominal capacity could be used to blow candles out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, personally, I, that was, this story was not what I would hope for when I thought of what a Valentine's day podcast would be, but here <laughs> we are trying to like bring it to, uh, he's trying to get out. What was that level of, um, what was it? Dang it. Consciousness that you said earlier on this podcast, you just keep trying to lift us up to a higher consciousness and we just keep bringing it down. Party, sex, ejaculate. <laughs> well, lower oh, chakra, great. upper we chakra, can, move the energy back and forth. We can clean the bathroom and we can think of it with our imagination and the light that God gave us. And it could be like, that ain't fucked. It could be like a blowjob. It could be like sex. Ah! I think it's really funny that 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 voice is what you use. Like I personally, one of the things I learned in in my training as a men's wisdom coach is about harnessing the dark energy. And I think women actually want to feel our deep desire, but they they want to feel it in the not rapey, not um, <laughs> you know, right marauder like we're gonna kill you kind of way. We you know, it's like. And so I think there's an aspect of Valentine's Day, which is calling to men to level up the refinement of that without neutering it. Like, that's the thing. You know, is a lot of the criticism that you've been offering is that like sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, cleaning the bathroom as if it has no potency to it. But there's a piece where you're fully integrated, where that root chakra, that that deep lusty thing is also part of an exalted sense of romantic intention. And and when you mix the two together, you've got a hot cauldron of gooey. You've got daytime television. <laughs> no, no, no. You've got a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. Candace is really the twin of Sandy and David, the doctor, Dr. David Chamel, has really been married to the wrong woman all this time. Do you think you like, do you remember back in school when you gave Valentine's cards out and you could give a Valentine's card to every girl in class? And it was expected. Yeah, every guy, too. And what do you think? 
would happen if as adults, if, if like, for instance, if I gave a Valentine's card to like seven different women and, but I'm in a monogamous relationship. I think you should. Well, that's what I saying. I should is an easy out, but what do you think? What do you like? Isn't there some, um, what is it? Dual. Well, this is okay. So here's an interesting thing. I was in a relationship last year and I said, I love you to this person. And part of why I said it is because I could feel it in me and I was uncomfortable. And I just had a conversation with my brother about how we talk about love and positivity in life, but we don't say it to each other. And and he's the one who shared with me. Um, now I'm forgetting the gentleman's name, but the four things and love. So, oh, yeah. Um, the four agreements. Uh, the Hispanic. Yeah. The Hispanic gentleman. Yeah. Um, so Don Miguel Ruiz is his name. Thank you. Yeah. And then his son has also written a book anyway. So, so in that moment of me feeling the words in me and feeling like, don't say it, this is a mistake. And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to say it. So then a month later, when I said to her, I don't want to be in an exclusive relationship with you. And um, that was very painful for her. And what part of what came up was, well, why did you say that? And I told her why. And it didn't make sense to her to the point where like, she doesn't want me to contact her ever again. I think that's come so up. Why do you think that that is for her? What do you think that is about for her? I don't know, but my point of bringing it up is because you were talking just about, the the Valentine cards to seven different women. Like I want to be in a relationship where I can say, I love you to anyone. I can give Valentine's cards to anyone. I could, as another quick example that comes to mind, it's pretty well known that David Letterman and um, Julia Roberts had a crush on each other. Like they really cared about each other, but that's where it remained. They never got together. They never had sex <laughs> to my knowledge. You know, like it's just, so that is the richness of life that I want to keep choosing and to be with people where it's okay. And if shit comes up, like we are human. So if jealousies come up and things come up, and talk about it. I just on the radio was hearing today, like I really um, admire Sarah and Vinny's morning show. And Vinny was talking about how he heard a friend of his going on and on about their marriage. He was like, if someone was talking that much shit about me, I'd want them to come to me and say like, it's over or let's work it out instead of just and I think I, I, in my experience, I've witnessed that a lot where people in relationship go and t- talk about it with everyone except the one they're talking about. Yep. And they're painting themselves as if there's something that they, they aren't getting that they deserve. It's like victim status. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, <clears throat> they're so coming back to those seven valentine's that you give to seven different women i'd encourage that because that is rich how 
how much of a jail is a person if like all I have is this one person that I may not even like in this moment because we just had a fight, but I can only give the Valentine to them. Like in a way, I feel grateful that I'm not in relationship right now because I'm going to give Valentines to a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and have uh, sex with one. I had. <laughs> you don't know that. The day is young. It's just Monday morning at this point. Right? We'll let you know next week. Call on the me podcast. 555 1212. <laughs> if you want some cheap Valentine sex, he might even settle for cheap Valentine phone sex. Yeah. If you're if you're single on Valentine's Day, if you're you're sad. <laughs> Single Awareness Day. <laughs> if you're sad, send an email to the host at mopedoutlaws.com. That's right. Um, I think the best way to close this out is for you to say I love you and for me to say it back. I love you, Mark. I love you, Greg. Recording stopped.